Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. By far the greatest reaction, or that is the reaction of people to Jesus mostly described, is their astonishment and their amazement. I found 30 or 40 different references where the people who were around Jesus were astonished and amazed. The word means that they were drawn to a sense of something great in front of them leading to a purpose. They saw it. It was unmistakable. They couldn't get around it. But obviously not everybody accepted it. But you know and I know that Jesus is amazing. Tonight I want to encourage all of us to be amazing people. I want us to think about how we can live a life that will cause others to be astonished and amazed, to see something great with a higher purpose. But before we do that tonight, this morning we're going to notice how Jesus did it. How did he inspire that amazement? How was it that he caused people to be astonished in his presence. I found five things that were a part of that life that Jesus lived. Number one, in Mark 1 and in Luke 4, the text says, and the people were astonished at his teaching. They were astonished at his words. They were amazed at the things that he said. Jesus, I can only imagine, was an amazing teacher. Just think about the times that you have sat in the presence of someone who taught or preached and you were just overwhelmed by the message that was being presented. And just imagine that Jesus produced that every day by the words that he said, the information that he had, the message that he gave. He was amazing. Matthew chapter 5 demonstrates his teaching. Six times in that chapter, we find this phrase or these two phrases. You have heard, but I say. When he taught, he got their attention. I don't know if he was a great orator. Isaiah 53 says that his personal appearance 
was not something that drew people to him. It does no damage to him to say he probably wasn't the best looking man in the first century. But he had a message and a presence in his teaching that just amazed people. And when he said, you heard, but I say, his words resounded. You have heard that you should not be angry unless you have a cause. But I'm telling you, if you get angry, you are in danger of judgment. You've been told that you should not commit adultery. But I'm going to tell you, don't even lust in your hearts. You have heard that if you want to get a divorce, here's how you do it. But I say, you shouldn't divorce at all, because that's not what God intended from the beginning. You've heard, you swear by the temple it's okay, but the gold on the temple is not okay. I say, don't swear at all. I tell you that you have heard that you should not let someone overrun you. But I say let them slap you on your other cheek too. And take your coat too. You have heard that it was okay to hate your enemies but I say to love them that teaching was and is amazing because in that teaching he was dealing with the inner man correcting the inner person to affect what was going on on the outside. Jesus was amazing in his teaching. Number two, he was amazing in his authority. Those same two passages of Mark 1 and Luke 4 say, he taught them as one who had authority and not like the scribes. His teaching style was amazing because he did not have a recognized position of leadership and authority. He was one of them. 
They even said, we know his mother and his brother and his sisters, they're right here. How could he be this guy? But coming from that place of no apparent authority, he spoke with authority. When the scribes and the Pharisees spoke, Matthew 23, whatever they tell you to do, do it, Jesus said, but don't do like they do because they say and do not. His authority came not from a position man-made greatness, but from a position of humility where everything he said and everything he did matched. And his authority couldn't be overlooked. It drew them to him. He was amazing. Number three, in Mark 10, he was amazing because of the difficult things that he taught. That sounds strange, doesn't it? The difficult things that he taught, he encountered a rich young ruler, and he told him, give up everything. He countered his disciples, and he was talking to them about this marriage, divorce, and remarriage thing. And he said, I know what Moses told you to do, but I'm telling you that God expects a man and a woman to be married for a lifetime. The response of the disciples, what? If that's the truth, maybe we don't need to get married. They wanted a way out. And Jesus said, no. To that rich young ruler, he said, You've done everything that you said you've done, but now here's the one thing you haven't done. Sell everything you have and give to the poor. And he went away sorrowfully. And in that same context, James and John with their mother came to Jesus requesting that they could sit in the places of authority at the right and left hand in the kingdom. And Jesus said, that's not mine to give. You see, when Jesus said difficult things, he did not try to appease people in what he said. He didn't try to appease the disciples on marriage, divorce, and remarriage. He did not try to appease the rich when he met that young ruler. He didn't even try to appease his inner circle 
Because Peter, James, and John spent more time with him in more places than did anybody else. Jesus said difficult things, but he didn't try to appease anybody. And it was amazing. Every society in history has gone through times of controversy. We're in the midst of a lot of those now. It is not our job as God's representatives, it's not our job as those who follow Jesus to try to appease the society. I don't, it matters not to me what people think about something when God, God has already decided the answer. And God made two kinds of people, male, female. It's never been changed. There aren't any more. There aren't any others. That's it. And we dare not appease society by thinking that we can give in to all of these other labels. There's only two. That's it. And every life is valuable. Unborn babies deserve to come to this world. And a blight of abortion on society and the world finally has seen a light. And we dare not appease society by not standing up in difficult times. We should stand with people of all colors all economic levels, all education levels. We don't appease people because Jesus in difficult times said difficult things, but it was amazing. Mark 10 and 32 has an interesting Phrase. It says, and they followed Jesus, but they were afraid. How much sense does that make? Jesus was amazing because he generated fear without driving people away. That's amazing. Because when things confront us that are fearful, every instinct about us says, run, get away. But those people just kept following him. Oh, they had a reason to be afraid. After he raised Lazarus from the dead, 
the leaders of the Jews put out a contract on him. They could have thought, hey, we're in this too. They might get us. Just prior to this statement in verse 32, the disciples had reason to fear because Jesus said, the first shall be last, the last shall be first. And they could fear, am I really where I need to be? The fear that Jesus generated drew people to him rather than pushing them away. Maybe John describes it best in 1 John 1, 17 and 18. Fear produces judgment. And of course, we know judgment is coming someday. But perfect love casts out fear. Do you think maybe they follow Jesus? Because they could experience the fear of life, natural, real, and true, fading away in the love that he shared with them. Can't we be amazing too? Shouldn't we follow the example of Jesus is it possible that fear, while true and real and something we want to avoid, instead of running people away, drives them to Jesus who takes away all fear? That's what made him amazing. Finally, Jesus was amazing because he produced guilt in people. Well, that makes no sense either. Well, how does that make you amazing? John writes a story about the disciples. They've been out fishing, and they're not catching anything. And Jesus said, just throw your nets on the other side. And when they did, they had more than they could pull in. They called other boats to help them. And the next words from Peter were these, I am an unclean man. He was amazed, the text says. Amazed and astonished at the number of fish, and it made him think he was unclean. There was something that Jesus did in that miracle that touched him. And when it touched him, it gave him a sense of guilt that he just could not shed. I think it's the presence of Jesus. Let me give you two. You remember in John 8, when those men brought the woman to him who was taken in the very act of adultery. And they said, Moses' law says she should be killed. 
And the text says, Jesus said, Whoever is among you, cast the first stone. He didn't say, don't kill her. Because the law said that it should happen. But he created guilt in them and they left one by one. How did he create it? By agreeing with them. And in that agreement, it pierced them to their very souls. Sure, she committed adultery, but each one of us is guilty too. He upheld the Mosaic law and he preached mercy and grace all at the same time. But for me, the best is probably what happens when Jesus was on trial. Peter, had already been told that before the rooster crowed three times, he was going to deny Jesus. And Luke records that when the third denial came and the rooster crowed, Jesus looked at him. His eyes created the guilt. How many times have you as parents, we as parents, have created a relationship with our children such that all we have to do is look and they are destroyed. Get right on the right track because the presence was so powerful. Jesus is amazing. What he taught, the authority with which he did it, the difficulty surrounding it, the fear that it produced and the guilt that was there made him an astonishing, amazing person. Today, if Jesus is not amazing to you, you just haven't read enough. You just haven't listened enough. If he's not amazing to you, you can't be amazed. His one Life changed the whole world. That's amazing. And what he can do in your life and in mine is amazing. He'll take the guilt 
and remove it. He'll replace the fear with love. He'll make the difficult something that you can handle. He will put you into authority and under his authority and it won't matter because it fits just right. And he'll give you teaching that will sustain you in any situation. If you've not given your life to the amazing Jesus, today would be the best time ever because it's now to do that. Our shepherds will wait. And we will immerse you into Christ. We will pray for you whatever you need as we stand and sing together. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.